Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. Agenda with women in the arts. Making space in your ears for art, politics, popular culture and trash from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda by Women in the Arts. I'm Katie Winton and I'm joined in the studio today by Isabel Hawthorburn. This is our first episode back for 2017. Yeah, welcome back to two th- and welcome to 2017. So coming up today, we're chatting with Emily McDaniel, curator of a, the Strong Women exhibition that opens at First Draft on the uh, 11th of January. There's also tracks from Abra and Jungle Pussy and a track from the brilliant new Slater Kinney Live in Paris album. Yeah, at the end of 2016, we put together this self-care playlist. We'd been thinking a lot about what it means to take care of yourself. So we asked everyone that we'd collaborated with in 2016 to send us one track that made them feel a little bit better when they were feeling down or that kind of they had fun walking to work too. And it was a really great selection of tracks from a very different variety of uh bands and artists so we've got a few tracks from that and we'll be talking about where you can kind of have a look at that later yeah so we'll throw that up on the um on the page today for you to look at i definitely recommend it um and did you take care of yourself over the break i did i went away i went to the central coast and i did a lot of drinking which it can be considered a form of self-care i think (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of floating around at the beach and watching sex in the city actually which is interesting because yeah, it's weird to watch those kind of shows in like the current climate, thinking about gender and things like that, like the way that they age. I did the same thing watching um, She's the Man, which is like a movie that I kind of enjoyed a little while ago, like, you know, in high school. And looking back on it, looking, watching it today in this current climate, I was like, wow, it does not age well. Super and like, problematic. Yeah. And we've talked in the past about kind of like trans visibility and how um, and how that can kind of create false models of opportunity and safety for trans folks and, and gender non-conforming people. But when you watch shows, uh, when you watch uh, shows like Sex in the City or movies that are, seem pretty innocuous, like She's the Man, you're like, well, we've kind of come a little way, like from the language that um, was used very in pretty recent times. It's it's interesting to see how that that language and those attitudes have become more sophisticated and like yeah they're stuck in some really binary gender roles yeah <laughs> yeah and it's good to see how like maybe we've come a little a little I bit mean, of a far away. having said that though i do think that sex in the city is was quite revolutionary for the time that it was made and there are still some parts of it that feel i mean i mean there's some kind of attraction for me to sex in the city that still feels very um strong and there are still a lot of things that they say and do that i think are quite important yeah, I'm not mad at it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I too went a little bit hard in the paint um, during the Christmas party season, and so I ended up going to see Office Christmas Party because that's all I could probably like mentally <laughs> commit to, and I weirdly came out of it kind of refreshed, uh, and I think it was because last year, 2016, was kind of this this meant to be this moment for women in cinema. It was like, I don't know if Trainwreck came out last year or the year before, but like Trainwreck and Ghostbusters and How yeah. to Be Single, I kind of was like, yes, there's going to be like <laughs> women being like cool and in independent. Hollywood. And the movies just weren't good. And so I watched this like, definitely this is not a, like a recommendation to see this film, but like <laughs> a crappy Christmas film. And 
all of the female characters, the three main female characters, without being an explicitly feminist film, were didn't really conform to like the very typical Christmas movie tropes about like women around holiday season because they just really want to get want married. <laughs> they want to get kissed under the mistletoe. <laughs> and it was like this psychotic pimp and the kind of savant programmer and um, and the really callous CEO. And they could all, for some reason, do karate and like martial arts. And they all knew they were really good at their jobs and like kind of emotionally vacant. And, and all of the three main like male characters were very empathetic, very group-minded and kind of sentimental. And I came out thinking like, oh, that was, I didn't feel kind of gross about that. Like, You I, felt empowered? I felt empowered. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, wait, why do I feel empowered? Why is, why is it that like these strong women, quote unquote, um, make me feel empowered when all they're really doing is just like performing very old kind of arcane models of like masculinity and like the model that comes from like kind of 50s 60s you know rugged individual americana yeah do you know absolutely. what i mean and i was like wait why do why do i value that and why why is strength coded in popular culture and particularly like american cinema strength for a woman to be strong what it is is to be tough it's to be tough it's to be kind of kind of emotionally absent yeah, and, and to um, drive a ute and play yeah. drums <laughs> and to be honest like you and I definitely are guilty of like thinking that strength means that you're just this like weird old dude <laughs> like that's our kind of idea of strength strong women is equated with a middle-aged white guy having a midlife crisis exactly it's yeah. so bizarre when you break it down and I think that this isn't like this isn't the first time that people have pointed this out um, and there's like some pretty good essays that we found that we'll also throw up on the um, on the agenda page. Um, but there's one from that came out around after Sicaro came out. Yeah. And Emily Blunt's character was like strong. She was a strong woman. And one of the essays is about the problem with strong women in cinema and how strength is about violence. And it's like it's about just performing that kind of, yeah, stoicism and and violence and how and the other problem with that is that when that stoicism and violence is portrayed it's often hyper sexualized as well well yeah and that's like another exactly yeah very true and then like part of this um part of this essay that i thought was really interesting was that it related it to a like a a wider kind of concept and susan sontag has a a pretty interesting and i'm sure incredibly controversial <laughs> um uh, observation pardon me <clears throat> Uh, following the um, September 11 attacks and she was talking about this kind of uh, this is a particularly American thing but I think it also happens in other countries where like if something bad happens and you're attacked your immediate reaction is to say we are strong and so she was saying that our country this is Susan Sontag our country is strong we are told again and again I for one don't find this entirely consoling who doubts that America is strong but that's not all America has to be and I think that that's true of um, of women as well. It's like speaking about strength kind of reinforces that binary. If you are strong, then what that means is that the other is weak and mm. it, it belongs in that kind of binary. If a woman is strong, then like, you know, another person has to be weak and well, like submit. The problem with lean-in feminism as well, right? Like yeah. this is this kind of idea that to be strong and to be a really, you know, radical feminist, you have to be really tough and you have to be on the front line and you have to be 
like a man and you're fitting into these mm. structures that are still reinforcing really old gender binaries and gender roles. Oh, absolutely. And so I think that it's important to think about or kind of like trouble your the, what you think of when you think about strength. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, I think that what I admire in people, the strength that I admire in them is kind of strength of character and like integrity and that kind of being able to to stay stay strong to your beliefs and to yeah have that strength of character so we're but we're also really interested in what you think about what you think of strength and what strength means to you yeah I beyond think karate <laughs> which is still really cool, which is cool. <laughs> just fyi i think of strength as being able to recognize what you need when you need it mm-hmm. and being able to kind of recognize when you need to be emotionally vulnerable and when you need to be tough and what you need to do I was having this conversation with my housemate yesterday and she was she was really excited about hearing the term you do you (laughs) she's a school teacher and she was like there's the kids are saying this really cool thing you do you (laughs) and I was like yeah people have been saying that for a while um but it is but it's really accurate I think that's what I associate with strength is being able to recognize where you need to be like yeah what you need when you need it yeah yeah absolutely but tell us what you think about strength what are your ideas? 0409-945-945. So speaking of strong women and self-care, this is one of the tracks from our Stress Less holiday playlist. Artist and writer Samia Saeed recommended Standard by Empress of the Abra remix. Uh, and Samia's self-care tip is... Eat avocado. Oh, <laughs> Damn it, I really wanted to read it. Go, go for it. Eat avocados and mangoes whole with your bare hands. Don't wear shoes. Be a brat. Do whatever you want. I can totally vouch for this advice. It works. I've been living below the standard. 
This is Agenda with Katie Winton. Welcome back to Agenda. We just got a text in from Stephanie. It says, strength for some women may be choosing to stay home and rear children despite pressure to break what is seen as a stereotype. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie. So we have been discussing, disgusting, discussing <laughs> strong women. And now we're joined by a brilliant curator, Emily McDaniel, whose exhibition, Walen Yinagir Bang, Strong Women, is opening next week at First Draft Gallery in Woolloomooloo. Welcome, Emily. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So what is the exhibition about? The exhibition is recent work by eight Indigenous women and the works articulate their identities as women, whether that's through materiality, some women are reflecting in a social or familial or personal way. Um, But for me, that strength comes from resilience of practice, whether it's continuing on with uh, cultural practices inventing new ones, reviving ones that have been lost. That's what's really strong to me. And so can you talk a little bit more about the premise? Is is this something that you've been coming towards um, over the last couple of years or is it, yeah? Yeah, it's a bit of a culmination of Mm -hmm. conversations, experiences over the last three years. I know all of these artists, I've worked with them all and had great kind of memorable experiences. Nadine Lee, I saw her work at Telstra, um, at the Telstra Aboriginal Art Prize a few years ago, the same with Anna Dowling. But I guess this has been on the back burner for about 10 years as I've been working with Indigenous art. I looked at earlier collections of anthropological and ethnographic material from Aboriginal people and predominantly it appeared to be dominant, dominated by masculine work, men, work by men really, shields, spears, boomerangs and so on. And these objects kind of projected that sense of a warfare culture that was to be avoided and feared. It also confirmed notions of the noble savage that were so beneficial to the new colony. However, while that spotlight was on that, I believe what that allowed the female practices to do is to carry on, to continue on, to be passed from grandmother to mother to daughter, to be shared. And these fragile, delicate materials, such as like textiles and woven work and shell work, we see very few examples of early material. And that's because it's likely that they were still with families. That's, yeah, it's really interesting that that kind of act of subversion and that strength of um, resilience and um, is kind of done in a, like done with such delicacy and we think of mm. like strength as being something that can only be articulated through kind of violence or um, yeah. warfare and that this, this has kind of gone under the radar and is done with kind of yeah by passing things down through communication and through I don't want to say love but through that kind of empathy yeah through family mm. through um community I think that's really important there's an aesthetic of strength that we prescribe to These women, um, you know, some are working with photography, others with delicate skin-like paper bark, you know, twine that they've made, sugar-coated muslin, um, you know, these delicate, delicate materials, even though they may perceive to be, you know, fragile on the brink of falling apart, there's a cultural strength behind them that informs the works. So this exhibition does challenge what our aesthetic of strength is, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so we we spoke earlier about the kind of code coded meaning of strength in Western popular culture, and we were just wondering whether you feel that there are alternate meanings of strength for this particular group of artists. Do you think that that comes through or is that in the conversations that you've had? Yeah, so originally this exhibition, I knew I wanted it to be about women, but I didn't want to speak for these women. So it developed over conversations and my opening line in the emails was, I want you to articulate your identity as a woman, however that be. And so, as I mentioned, some of them have expressed it through materiality. Others have looked at social situations. You know, they're looking at domestic violence, the challenges of keeping family together, um, the challenges of raising families within a cultural um, context. All of these ideas inform who they are as women. We might take a track from Benji Ra now which was from our self-care playlist as well. This one's by Jungle Pussy. It's called Me. You can read the self-care tip for this oh, one. Oh, right, yeah. So uh, Benji Ra's feel-good track for our stressless holiday playlist is Me uh, by ben, uh, by Jungle Pussy. And so Benji recommends that uh, no grant and definitely no man is worth compromising your eight hours of sleep at night. That's really brilliant advice. <laughs> Great advice. You're listening to Agenda on FBI. Little ashy, 
the earth's candy What would I do without Brandy, Foxy, Kim, and Missy, Patra, and Erica Proof there can be more than one without replicas Truth in the booth, you can read through my retina What's a girl to do when the world's against you? Throw it in they face, let them know that you meant to Fucking the mental while you stroking the soul That's what you call fucking self-control I want to own my sanity Minimize my vanity My hair defying gravity Melanin so high opacity This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine Best believe it'll leave you blind Hopefully remind mankind Open up their mind, show them the divine Running deep in it from behind Till it touch the spine Can't sleep and you can't recline Till you have arrived Paradise where the soul resides Make a soldier cry Art, politics and news from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda. And that was me by Jungle Pussy, taken from our Women in the Arts Stress Less Holiday playlist with um, a little bit of advice from Benji Ra. Don't forget to get your eight hours of sleep a night. Very important advice. We're joined by Emily McDaniel. We've just been discussing Emily's exhibition that opens on Wednesday next week. We were talking a little bit about the kind of strength in resilience and strength in community and keeping families together. Are there any works in the exhibition that speak particularly to that concept of strength? Yeah, definitely. Um, At least half of the artists are really uh, looking at that concept. One really poignant work is a young artist, Paris Norton, uh, who's an artist from Dubbo and a young mother herself. And it's called Our Girls. And it's a very kind of meditative work in which she incised these small rounds of paper bark and almost in doing so it was like a memory of all of the young girls that were taken into um, domestic houses to be trained for a life of servitude. And there is poor record keeping of that dark history in Australia. And in this process, she hoped to somehow give a sense of healing and care and love to these girls who went a lifetime without feeling that. It's also really important for another artist, Anna Dowling, who does these beautiful, intricate black and white ink drawings, and they're almost lace-like in their design. And one of them, Ripple Effect, is about the ways in which our actions affect those in the future. We need to be constantly thinking toward the future. And as, again, she does these very mindful practices, she considers those members in her family who were removed from their family, who lost culture and language and are now constantly in that struggle to revive and continue what they find in themselves. So these really, really strong ideas are incredibly important. And I guess... The thread through all of them is that they're these really interesting process-based practices. It's about having time to think, to grieve, to reflect, to mourn. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this exhibition is they are all these timely experiences and expressions of identity. Which definitely speaks to that concept of strength again as something that is intricate and built up and maybe more resilient than something that is just portrayed as a really violent act 
Yeah, and it sounds like this exhibition p- gives particular space for those experiences and for that, for that kind of healing and and something like like that. And I think it's interesting that you brought up kind of um, motherhood as well for that artist mm. and how we had a text in from one of our um, listeners because that is I think that is quite invisible. There is invisible strength in maternity, and it is something that is erased in contemporary art in general. But I'm sure in like many communities, that kind of the kind of strength that it takes to hold communities together and to heal from trauma is not something that you can always stick on a wall or talk about mm. it in like finite terms. It's something that is yeah a process. Absolutely, I think the role of the mother is incredibly important, particularly to one artist, Paula Bala. She's a Wemba Wemba and Gunditjmara artist, and she assumes this role of Mukbuk, who's a character she was told about as a young girl by her matriarchal elders. Mukmuk is an old, angry woman, and she steals kids and she chops up men. And she comes to <laughs> the city and she's pissed off. She's angry. She looks at the injustices of women and children being taken from their families. So she sets up in Footscray and she watches everything closely and she learns to do gluten-free baking. She gets a family and she's there in the city constantly watching, having that surveillance, protecting women. Um, I think that those kind of stories that are passed down, that's um, a really important cultural story that they've brought into an urban environment and they've squished two worlds together and mukmuks in the middle. And I think in looking at those kind of fragile practices, let us not forget that we can become loud. We can be brash. She has red eye makeup. She's gazing down the camera. Um, her husband takes the photographs and she calls him um, her white settler friend. And, you know, we can have loudness. We can have quietness. It can be delicate and strong. We can break free of these kind of perceptions of how we articulate ourselves as women. Absolutely. And I think that's what we were talking about before as well, about how female strength is seen as an anomaly and what we don't need to see necessarily like physically strong women in popular culture. We also we need to see like complex characters and we need to see angry women and flawed women and absent mothers. And we need to see men who understand emotional labor. Like I think these ideas don't need to necessarily be tied to gender. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We might. I think we're nearly out of time. This is our last track. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming in to chat to us today. If you want to find out more information about the exhibition, you can head to the agenda page. We'll pop a link up there to the first draft show on Wednesday. This one now is Slater Kinney's new track called Surfers Envy. And it's from um, their new album, Live in Paris. You've been listening to Agenda on FBI. Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs>
Merci, merci, merci.